The greatest moments in my Christian life, I, I think of just a couple, but without doubt, the greatest moments of my Christian life have been God's answer to prayer. They're the moments that, honestly, I keep going back. When, when I want to remember God's goodness, these points come in, into my life. And they're points, honestly, some of them are points of, 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 of great trial, great storm. But they're points that I go back to and I say, truly, God delivered me. There, there are walls that I came to when there was no way forward. I know that there was no possible good outcome unless God intervened. But I go back and I see moments in my life where I wasn't perfect. And, and I know I didn't deserve it, but I persevered in prayer and God met me. He did do amazing answers to prayer. And can I tell you, as I look back on those answers to prayer, you know, the greatest joy is not necessarily what was given. The greatest joy, and, and, and I'm thinking um, of, of the building. Honestly, this is one, it's, I'm thinking of three, um, but one of them, which is the building. And I love this building, and I'm so grateful, but honestly, the joy of, of, of that and others is not what we received, but it's the fact that God answered. God himself answered. You see, answered prayer proves that God cares for me. It proves that God loves me. It, um, David asks, what is man that thou art mindful of him? And I think of God and I think of me and, and how unworthy of me. Well, who am I that God would hear my prayer? But I can point to answer prayer and it proves that God cares for me. It also proves that I am right with God. Psalm 66, 18 says, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. And so also answered prayer is a great proof of the presence of God. It's a, when, when, I, uh, when I think of how God has answered my prayers, and I would never say, and never in this life will I experience a state where I'm sinless. I always have an incredible battle with the old man with sin. But I know that if God answered my prayer, it was because I came to him through Jesus Christ. I confessed sins, and I was right with God. And so answered prayer gives great proof of the fellowship of God, the presence of God. Oh, answer prayer is so powerful in the Christian. And unless, thirdly, by way of introduction, answered prayer gives peace in the darkest of trials. Because when I come to another trial, you know what? I can look back to the previous trial and I can say with certainty, God will provide. How do you know? How do I know God will provide? Where's the certainty of faith? Because he's done it before. I know because, because I have experienced his goodness. David said, the Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my strength in whom I will trust. And so it is moments of answered prayer. That, notice it is answered prayer that keeps me moving forward in faith. And can I tell you, if you do not have the faith to continue in prayer, you will not have answered prayer. Because God's rule for prayer is that you must persist in prayer. You must continue in prayer. And so, if you do not continue in prayer, your prayers will not be answered. And then, your faith will be not just neutral, it will be weakened. 
A person um, who is not seeing God move in definite ways is a person whose faith is waning. His faith is, 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 is growing weak. Instead of, instead of them having times where they can point to, um, as, as, as Samuel said, Ebenezer, hitherto hath the Lord helped me. Instead of experiences of God's faithfulness, practically, they experience God's unfaith. What they seem, it seems to be God's unfaithfulness. And I, I want to ask you, are you having specific answers to prayer? Is specific answers to prayer important? Because so often, here, I think most people think it's a specific answer to prayer is like a bonus. Oh man, that's really cool. It's not normal, it's just, it's extra. But honestly, I believe if, if we're going to be real, if, if, if our faith is going to be real, if it's going to be lived out, a lack of an answer to prayer hurts faith. And it is not God's will. And um, instead of, uh, David said, I will make my boast in the Lord. There was, there was a part of David that said, God is always good. There was a, a part of David um, that, said, that boasted in God's omnipotence, his power, that said, nothing is impossible for God. But if we are people with have, without answered prayers, though we would never say it, if the raw feelings of our hearts were expressed, we would admit that we are not certain of God's goodness, of his power, and his willingness to answer our prayer. So what is the secret? Do you want to have answered prayers? Oh, that's a dumb question. Of course. Yes, we want to have answered prayers. Well, what must we do? Please turn to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. It is just so clear. Hebrews chapter 11, of course. Um, Hebrews 11, the whole chapter... Is called the Hall of Faith, not the Hall of Fame, the Hall of Faith, Hebrews 11. And if you have time, I'd encourage you to read through it. But I believe this story illustrates the great truth of faith. How does faith relate to prayer? Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe, one, that he is. And two, that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is. And that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek them. Now turn back to our text. What was it that Bartimaeus said? Mark chapter 10. What was it that Bartimaeus began to cry? Jesus Thou son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. So the first part of his faith was faith in the person of God. Of course, Bartimaeus was living in Israel. For Jesus, for Bartimaeus to say, thou son of David, was a clear reference to the deity of Christ. The clear reference, an intentional reference, that Jesus was the Messiah. So when he said, Jesus, thou son of David, Jesus had just come from Jericho. Jesus is, is going to the cross. He's been categorically denied. 
People say, no, you're not the Messiah. But Bartimaeus cries out, Jesus, thou son of David, I believe that you are the Messiah. I believe that you are God. And so the first prerequisite of faith is when we come to God in faith, we must believe that he is. We must believe that he is able, that he is the God of creation, that he is. And so Jesus said, uh, Bartimaeus said, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. The first aspect of faith is we must believe that he is able. Can I ask you, when you go in Christ to prayer, when you pray for specific needs, desperate needs, things that you must have answered, is there the certainty in your heart that he's able? Do you actually believe that he's able? Do you actually believe that, that he can do what you, what, what you, what you need, what, the, the great need? Um, I, I think so often of my, of my own experience in prayer. And I, I'll be honest, I, it's hard for me to go five minutes without my mind drifting in prayer. Is, is, it, is it the same thing for you? Is, am I normal? A little normal? Okay, my mind drifts easily. But we, we, we drift, and so, so often, I know I just begin to mindlessly, you know, mutter this, this memorized prayer, and, and we must stop. We must fall on our faces. It's God we're speaking with. It's God. The King of kings, the Lord of lords, the creator it is he, we must believe that he is. I want to read you a few verses just, just to put into context who is God. Revelations chapter 11 says, And the four and twenty elders which sat before God on their seats fell upon their faces and worshipped God, saying, We give thanks, O Lord God Almighty, which art and wast and art to come, because thou hast taken to thee great power. And has reigned. Exodus chapter 15 says, Moses cried after crossing the Red Sea, Thy right hand, O Lord, is become glorious in power. Thy right hand, O Lord, hath dashed in pieces the enemy. And in the greatness of thine excellency, thou hast overthrown them that rose up against thee. Thou sentest forth thy wrath, which consumed them as stubble. And the blast of thy nostrils, the Waters were gathered together. The floods stood upright as in heap. The depths were congealed in the heart of the sea. Jeremiah chapter 32 asks the question. It's a rhetorical question. Is anything too hard for God? Is anything too hard for God? The obvious answer is no. But then, but you know what's really cool? An even deeper question, is anything even hard for God? Listen to Isaiah chapter 40. Behold. The nations are as a drop of a bucket and are counted as the small dust of the balance. Behold, he taketh up the isles as a very little thing. And Lebanon is not sufficient to burn. The beasts that are sufficient for a burnt offering, all nations before him are as nothing and they are counted to him as less than nothing. Oh, that we would be persuaded of who God is. God is, it's not that God is even stressed with our needs. It's not that it even, it even bothers him. There's nothing that, that, that threatens his power. And we must be persuaded that he is. He's omnipotent. Isaiah 50 says, Wherefore, when I came, was there no man? When I called, was there none to answer? Is my hand shortened at all that it cannot redeem? Or have I no power to deliver? 
Behold, at my rebuke, I dry up the sea. Think about that. I dry up the sea. I make the rivers a wilderness. Their fish stinketh because there is no water and dieth for thirst. And the, and the Bible is filled with pictorial language trying to give some way for us to grasp the idea that nothing, nothing is too hard for God. Oh, but we must believe that. We must know that in our heart. Uh, we must believe that he is also that he is all wise. Romans 11 says, oh, the depth and the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. For who hath known the mind of the Lord or who hath been his counselor? God is omnipotent. He's omniscient. He's omnipresent. He's transcendent, which means he's above all. And he is all wise. God is also all merciful. Hebrews Chapter 7, verse 25 says, Wherefore, he is able to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. What was it that Bartimaeus cried? What was it that allowed him to come into God's presence? He said one, three words, four words. Have mercy upon me. Sorry. Um, Have mercy upon me. And so he recognized that his only entrance before God, his only way to come before God was mercy. And he didn't have to beg for it. He didn't have to work for it. It was present. And the truth is, is we can come before God because of mercy. 1 John chapter 2 says, My little children, these things write I unto you that ye sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And he is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. And the truth is, no person has ever, um, has ever used up God's grace. God's grace is unlimited, and it's, it's amazing. Um, the Bible says in 1 John 1, 9, a verse I claim often, a verse I claim daily. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And so when I sin and I acknowledge my sin and I turn from my sin, God forgives it because of Christ. God, we must believe that he is. When you come to God in prayer, do you believe? Do you believe that he is? I, 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 I think really to do that, we, we must stop. We must uh, be, be, be silent. We, we should evaluate. We're coming before God. No one, I don't think, ever carelessly came into God's presence. Nobody ever accidentally came into God's presence. He is the King of kings. He is the Lord of lords. We must believe that he is. I believe, I believe, oops. Um, um, if you believe that he is, there will be, it will be manifested in the manner in which you pray. I, if, if we come into God's presence carelessly, it demonstrates that we don't really believe that he is. First of all, we must believe that he is. Then secondly, practically, I love how practical the Bible is. Bartimaeus believed God would answer his prayer. 
Bartimaeus believed God would answer his prayer. Turn back to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. This is the practical part of prayer, faith and prayer. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6 says, But without faith it is impossible to please God. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is. We must, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek them. We must believe that when we pray, God will answer. God will, it's, it's not empty words. It's not, it's not an empty exercise. It's, it's, and by the way, that's why we don't pray um, pre-memorized prayers. It's, it's not an exercise. I am coming before God and God will answer. And by the way, the only way that God is going to answer is if you believe that he is going to answer. Well, how does that come together? Let's get practical. God makes us wait. The only way to prove, to demonstrate that you actually believe that God will answer. How do I show it? How do I actually express it? It is by the refusal to give up in prayer. The absolute refusal to give up in prayer. Because I believe, though God does not always say yes, God always answers prayer. He always does. There has never been a person who genuinely prayed that God did not answer. Let me read this parable for you. And Jesus is teaching of prayer. We, we, we've probably heard it before, but I'll just read it. Luke chapter 18, verse 1. And he spake a parable unto, him, unto them to this end, that men ought always to pray and not to faint. Saying, there was in a city a judge which feared not God, neither, neither regarded man. And there was a widow in that city, and she came unto him, saying, Avenge me of mine adversary. And he would not for a while. But afterward, he said within himself, Though I fear not God, nor regard man, yet because this widow troubleth me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. And the Lord said, Hear what the unjust judge saith, and shall not God avenge his own elect, which cried day and night unto him? Though we bear along with them, I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth. How is faith demonstrated? How is faith expressed? It is by the perseverance of prayer. Faith is, I want to get that across. If you actually believe God, if you actually believe God is going to answer your prayers, if you actually need God to intervene in your life, if you need God to answer, then you must be a person who says, I'm going to pray and I will not give up until God answers. There's, I, God must meet my need. And you will not be a person who, and I will not be a person who sees any noticeable answers to prayer if I'm not committed to be a person who perseveres in prayer. We must learn to be people who persevere in prayer. Um, so looking back at our text, Mark chapter 10, he said, um, Verse 47, and when he heard that Jesus of Nazareth began to cry and say, 
Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Did Jesus answer the first time? No. Did Jesus hear him the first time? Yes. And, and, and the text illustrates that he, just, he was crying and crying and crying, and God let him cry. God let him cry. Insensitive? No. God was testing his faith. Does he actually believe I'm going to answer? When it seems like I won't, when it seems like I don't care, does he actually believe? See, when God makes us wait, it is always a test of faith. And many charged him that he should hold his peace, but he cried the more a great deal, Thou son of David, have mercy on me. Bartimaeus persevered in prayer. He wouldn't give up. I'm thinking of, of the different examples of prayer that actually achieves something. Prayer, powerful prayer. I think of, of, of Jacob in Genesis 49.50 when he, he continued all night with God in prayer. is because he would not give up except thou bless me. God loves that. That is the key to prayer. Faith is the secret to prayer. And the practical demonstration of faith is perseverance in prayer. Bartimaeus refused to be silenced by others. When people didn't care for him, he knew Jesus cared. Bartimaeus knew the misery of living indebted to others. The people said, Bartimaeus, be quiet. Take your two cents. Bartimaeus, just, just be content for what God is, uh, for, for what you have. But he knew God really cared. And if we believe God, I see, I believe the, the, the persisting in prayer, um, prayer, the, the, the very statement of prayer must, is demonstrated by believing that he is. It's believing in the character of God. But persistence in prayer is really believing in the love of God. Do you believe that he cares? Do you believe that God is touched with... Uh, Hebrews chapter 4 says, For we have not a high priest who cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are. God cares. Oh, yes, He cares. I know He cares. Do you believe that God cares for you? Bartimaeus refused to give up because he knew though the people shoved and they pushed and though there was loud noise, he knew there was somebody who cared for him. There was somebody who loved him. What is, it going, what is it that keeps you praying? It is the understanding that God does love me. And God does care for my needs. And if you believe that God actually loves you, then you'll continue in prayer. Bartimaeus wouldn't give up. He wouldn't stop crying because he knew that God cared. He, do, he does care. When the people didn't want to hear him, he knew God wanted to hear him. And, but notice also, um, notice the other people just for a second. The people who were, let's just call them followers of Jesus. Maybe, maybe you can see yourself in the crowd. Instead of helping this man to Jesus, what did they do? They pushed him away from Jesus. In fact, Bartimaeus' faith really embarrassed their lack of faith. Did, did anybody in the crowd not, did all the other people not have a need for Jesus to meet? Of course they did. But they weren't crying. He was crying. 
And so they said, Bartimaeus, just, just go away. And the people in the crowd, they became their unbelief. When they should have been praying, they should have said, hey, Jesus, look at Bartimaeus. Jesus, look, there's somebody blind. Instead, they were doing the opposite. They were pushing Bartimaeus from Jesus. But notice, they changed. Notice verse 48. And many charged him that he should hold his peace. Don't quit praying. God's not going to answer you. But he cried the more a great deal. Thou son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. And they call him the blind man, saying unto him, Be of good comfort. Rise. He called these. There's a beautiful picture here. Jesus didn't walk over to Bartimaeus. And Jesus didn't tell Bartimaeus to come here. You know what he did? He told the people. He told the followers. He said, you go get him. And so the people who should have been helping Bartimaeus, they were transformed from being careless observers to careful comforters. And, and I, look at, I look at the crowd and I wonder, where am I in the crowd? When I hear the needs of others, when I hear of, 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 of their cries, their difficulty, do I encourage them to prayer? Do I pray for them? Do I say, Lord, look, there's somebody? Or do I say, you know what, just be content where you are. What was it that, that caused them to, to change from selfish Christians into selfless servants? It was when they heard the call of Christ. It was when Jesus said, call him. I believe there is an incredible need for intercessory prayer. Do you, do you know what intercessory prayer is? Prayer is prayer, me to God. Intercessory prayer is me going to God for somebody else. And I believe God is calling. There's a, there's a tremendous, um, something I, I've been studying, which I don't have really prepared here, is how often, if you read through the Pauline epistles, Paul asks for a prayer. Over and over, he says, pray for me, pray for me, pray for me. And we are either in the crowd pushing people from Jesus because of our silence or bringing people to Jesus because of our prayer. I wonder, where are you in the crowd? Bartimaeus prayed. He prayed and he prayed. I want to answer, just in closing, one practical question, and that is simply this. Have you ever prayed? Have you prayed a prayer? Are you praying a prayer that God hasn't answered yet? Are you praying those prayers? I, I hope all of us are. Yes, we're praying. We're praying, we're praying, we're praying. How long do you pray? How long do you pray? When is it that God says no? When is it, when is it a yes? When is it no? When is it a maybe? Or, or when is it a wait? And the answer is so very simple. Bartimaeus prayed until God answered. Until God answered. He prayed and prayed. He prayed and 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 he prayed. And he prayed until God answered. Can I tell you someone else who did that? Paul. Paul, 1 Corinthians 12. Um, Paul said, I had a, um, a, th a thorn in the flesh, and thrice I besought that God would take it from me. But he said, my grace is sufficient for thee. 
For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I glory in my weakness, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Paul prayed. He prayed exactly what Bartimaeus prayed, but God said no. So, but, but Paul kept praying until God said no. Bartimaeus, he, he goes to Jesus, um, verse 50, and he casting away his garment, rose and came to Jesus and answered and said unto him, What will thou that, should I, that I should do unto thee? The blind man said unto him, Lord, that I might receive my sight. Jesus saith unto him, Go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. And I'm simply saying that we must continue in prayer. We must persevere in prayer. Perhaps for months Perhaps for years, perhaps for decades, but we must be people who express faith in prayer by perseverance. And we must persevere until God answers. You say, How do I know when God answers? My simple answer is You ready for this? You'll know. You'll know. And that's, and, and, and that's, um, just to be practical, okay? Um, Lord, who am I going to marry? And I, I talk about my, my, my parents. Who will I know? And my parents say, you'll know. You know what? And, 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 that's, and, that's, and that goes to so many other things. What job should I choose? And, and should I keep praying for You'll know. God answered. And so, if God hasn't shown you demonstrably Clearly, if God has not answered you, you know what he's saying? He's saying, keep praying. Keep praying. Keep praying. And God's testing your faith. And he's testing my faith. The Bible says in Colossians chapter 3, let the peace of God rule in your hearts. Hey, sometimes God does say no. And you know what the great discovery of when God says no is? He says no, and, and this sounds trite, because he has something better in mind. You say, oh, yeah, okay, I know, I know that. But it's true. It's really true. I think of um, three instances in my life, and, and I've had, I couldn't count all the answers to prayer that I have. I just, you know, I, I don't remember all of them. But three, that I've, I, I've just seen God just do the impossible. And uh, two of them are in this church. One of them was, before, was while I was in university. And I'll say just one thing about it. God did not take my timetable. God didn't do it how I wanted. He really didn't. And so I questioned if he was going to do it. God didn't do it how I wanted. And he didn't do it when I wanted. But you know what he did? He did it in in every way. He did it in such a way that he got more glory than I could have ever gotten. I'll give you a quick example. So in, in, in America, you, uh, all university is private. And so I had to work like, like crazy to try to pay off my university bill. And I had a prayer request, and I kind of thought it was impossible, but maybe, you know, kind of thing, if I could graduate debt-free. Now, um, it, was, it was a lot. It was, it was absolutely impossible. And so I... Um, I, we worked, worked, semester, every semester. One time I was called into the finance office, and I'd never really argued with, a, with an adult before, but that time, it, it, we, 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 we were, there were, there were verbal blows going on in that, in that room. And I said, I will pay, I will pay. 
And I finally, you know, I came to the point, I said, if, if I don't get this, I'll get a loan. I promise I'll get a loan. And um, a couple days later, I got a call for a great job. Now, it, it wasn't a stunning job, but it was, it was an office job. It paid really well, and it was 40 hours a week, and it was the perfect time, and it paid my bill. Absolutely. So um, I remembered I was, I was going, I was graduating. Uh, it was 2014, and I still had um, like $300 to pay. The college I was attending was 13000 a year. Um, so it was, it, was, it, was, it was impossible for me to pay. Um, so I, I was so close. I said, Lord, you have to do this. And it turned out that um, just in, I never got any huge checks in the mail. I, I never did. But in graduation gifts, I think I, I owed like 350 and I got like 400 So I literally, I had $50 left. But I graduated. Oh, here's what it was. I paid it off. And then I had to, I had to take a, uh, a module course, which cost like 500 extra dollars. And I was like, oh, uh, oh no. But yeah, that's what happened. And just, to, just for the, the next year, I went to seminary to do my master's just one year. And I was going to be able to work full time because it was just class for a couple hours in the morning. The rest was coursework. And so I had the idea. I, if, if, since I paid university, I am going to save and make loads of money and a university. <laughs> and so um, I, that, was my, that was my idea. You know, Dad's always talking to me it's about saving early, saving early. And so I, it just so happened that um, I, I, if, um, if something's too good to true it, to be true, it probably is. I got a job cleaning windows that was supposed to be uh, 20 to $40 an hour. That's too good to be true. <laughs> so, um, anyway, it's turned out that wasn't good. So I barely, barely, barely um, graduated debt-free with my seminary. But I, but it, but I did. But it was, and it was amazing. And so that, that's one thing where I knew. I looked at it every semester, every year. Oh, how in the world am I going to do this? But God did it. And I think of how God preserved our church and then how God gave us the church building. Uh, it wasn't how I would have chosen all three times. It wasn't how I would have chosen. I would have chosen a little cushier job, you know, you know, a little few different. But God, in his sovereignty and in his wisdom, not only answered those three things, he answered it really better than I would have. And he did it in such a way that I can just say, thank you, Lord. So the, the message tonight is, is Bartimaeus. If you're going to be a person, you know, we pray, Lord, please bless the food. You know, we often pray obvious prayers. Lord, and help us to wake up tomorrow morning and, and uh, with food in the cupboard. Okay, that's likely. But if you're going to be a person who sees amazing answers to prayer, God wants to do it. There's a verse in the Bible that says, The, the Lord uh, goes through the, through the earth looking where he may show himself strong. That's not a direct quote. God's looking for people who will be people of prayer, who will trust Him. But if you're going to be that person of prayer, you're going to have to pray um, according to God's will, and you're not going to let go until God does it. And, and just in it's probably my greatest um, uh, persistence prayer requests is um, praying for people who are not saved. And perhaps you may, you, may, you may ask, you know, Lord, you know, should I stop praying? And I believe Paul said in 1 Timothy that in me first, God may, would make me an example of all long suffering. There's nobody who is too far gone. So if you're praying for somebody to be saved, keep praying. And of course, the great example is pastor's dad, my grandfather. Um, we were witnessing to him for 22 years. 
and he was as hard as a rock, but he got saved two years ago. And so keep praying. Amen. And it's just, it, 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 as, as you go through life, I promise you, it'll be the greatest memories of your life to see God do the impossible in your life. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your goodness to us. And I pray, Father, that we would be people of faith. First of all, we would believe and know that you are able. You're all wise. And Father, I pray that we would be people who live out our faith in prayer by refusing to give up until you answer. Father, I pray we would be, we would be faithful intercessors for the lost. I pray that we would um, be faithful intercessors for the needy. And I pray, Father, that our faith would grow from strength to strength because of answered prayer. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.